All right, let's get this show on the road. Okay. Road, yay. Yay, road. <laughs> Does your team need to master AngularJS? Oasis Digital offers Angular Bootcamp, a three-day in-person workshop class for individuals or teams. Bring us to your site or send developers to ours, angularbootcamp.com. This episode is sponsored by WidgeML5, a brand new generation of JavaScript controls. A pretty amazing line of HTML5 and JavaScript products for enterprise application development in that WidgeML5 leverages ECMAScript 5 and each control ships with AngularJS directives. Check out the faster, lighter, and more mobile WidgeML5. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 33 of the Adventures in Angular show. This week on our panel we have Joe Eames. Hey everybody. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. I want to just throw out a quick reminder to go check out devchat.tv slash kickstarter if you want to support the shows. Uh, we also have a special guest this week and that is uh, Andres Dominguez. Yeah. Hello. Do you want to introduce yourself really quickly? Yes. So my name is Andres. I'm a software engineer at Google New York. I've been doing Angular for three years. I joined three years ago and uh, we started with a big Angular project. It was at the time the first Angular, big Angular project that we had inside Google. So it was kind of a proof of concept. More recently, I've been working on Protractor. I did the website, and I also built a few tools for testing. And there are a few plugins over there. So if you check my GitHub, you're going to see all of those tools. Awesome. Cool. <laughs> now, just to give people kind of a quick overview, Protractor sits on top of Selenium WebDriver and yes. tests your application that way, right? Yeah, that's right. So... WebDriver, we have WebDriver, you have WebDriver.js, which is a JavaScript implementation of WebDriver. And on top of that, you have a Protractor. So Protractor gives you the ability to wait for Angular. I, I would say that that's a killer feature of the tool. So most of the tests, you sometimes have to wait for something to happen. And that's kind of annoying because either you sleep or you wait for some dumb element to show or to disappear from the DOM. So uh, with Protractor, everything is transparent. So uh, on top of that, Julie and the Protractor team, Julie was uh, Julie Ralph was the original author of Protractor. Um, she started adding this amazing syntax that allows you to write very useful, easy to read tests that are short and uh, they're amazing. It, the API is much better than regular web driver. That's not necessarily a difficult thing, right? Because doesn't the regular WebDriver API kind of suck? I Yeah, it's a, <laughs> well, when you're writing this kind of test, you're getting an element, and then you're doing something with the element. Either you're going to interact with it. Uh, let's say you have an input, and you're going to set some text, or you're going to click on a button. And then you're going to do some assertions. You're going to check that a class is there, or a text value is there, or something. And then... Um, intention of this kind of tests is to simulate the actions that a user would have on, on the browser. So some people are crazy and they check like CSS and positions and stuff like that. But I think those tests are going to be flaky in the long term. And uh, if you just make it simple and test the minimum and you have the philosophy of testing as a user would test, then I guess you're good. Awesome. So Elementor 
I'm trying to get a feel for how it works. I have to admit, I didn't watch the video, but I kind of <laughs> just browse through what it says it does. Yeah, okay. So Elementor is when Julie was first developing a protractor. We were in an Angular conference. It was like an internal Google conference back in October 2013. Mm -hmm. And it was like a proof of concept. So nobody was using protractor. And I spoke to Julie and told her, listen, we tried WebDriver. It didn't work. We had like a bunch of tests and they were super flaky. It was really, really hard. We were doing some hacks, like exposing some state through the UI. So WebDriver would wait for those things to happen. Then uh, we used uh, Angular scenarios. It didn't work for us, even if we had support from the Angular team, because we have like a very close relationship with the team. And then Julie came with Protractor. And um, I said, okay, why don't you come to New York? And let's try to do like a big protractor project for my team. At the time, we had like a huge team. We were like 19, 20 people, and we were all doing Angular. And um, uh, one of those nights, I said, listen, it's kind of hard to find elements. And uh, I suggested coming up with something called the Element Explorer. So I had my implementation, which was not very good. And then at the same time, Julie created her own Element Explorer. So the Element Explorer is a, you launch Protractor, it's like a live session, you launch the browser, and you start experimenting. Because when you're running integration tests, it takes a long time to reach the state where, where you want to test something. Imagine that you have to log in, create this dependency. Imagine you have like a billing application. So you have an order and you have line items or a customer. So to create a scenario for these kind of tests, you have to create the customer first or retrieve it somehow because, you know, it exists in, in your persistence layer. And it's a lot of work. So the Element Explorer allowed you to put the browser in certain state and then you, you start banging on the terminal. Say, okay, let me try this uh, locator. Okay, by CSS, uh, maybe not so good. And that was really good, but some people, they're not very good at using the terminal and the IDE. So when you're developing, I like <laughs> staying in, in my environment. My environment is IDE. I, yeah, I use WebStorm or IntelliJ. I'm a super big fan. And uh, I said, okay, we have this thing in my team called Innovation Week. So for a week, you can do pretty much whatever you want, as long as it's something you can ship and it's going to be useful, or you can make it part of a product or whatever. So I, I built this thing. I had this idea about like, why don't you build a tool that will suggest you uh, locators or maybe you can test it from your IDE or from the browser. So Elementor is just launches Protractor and it uses the current Element Explorer, but it opens um, like a server and that server will, will listen for commands. So you can say, okay, I want to test this from the IDE. So you select a bunch of text and you can interact with the browser from your IDE. So it's like you're replicating the steps of your test within your IDE. I have a plugin for Sublime, a plugin for IntelliJ, WebStorm, PHP, Storm, and so on. Um, there's also a Chrome extension. So you can open the developer tools, the developer console. You select a DOM element, and it will try to suggest you a bunch of uh, locators. So if you're like an experienced web developer, obviously you're not going to need like my CSS. It, it's going to work like this. So it's more for lazy people. I'm incredibly lazy. <laughs> yeah, well, lazy um, is a good thing. 
Yeah, and also... Or for, or for learning, right? This would be really good for learning. Yeah, when you're discovering the API, the API is super confusing. You have promises and you have locators, and it's really confusing the first couple of days. Then, then you get like a handle of how to use the API, and it's fantastic. But the first few hours, it's like a nightmare. You don't know what's going on, and especially the promises and the control flow, it's hard. And uh, we had this person who was in the QA team. We only had like one QA person, and he didn't know any JavaScript. So I gave him this tool and he started writing protractor tests, even without knowing what is it that he was doing. So <laughs> he would select the element, copy the locator, put it into a test, run it. And boom, we had like a few integration tests from like a super, super beginner who didn't know a lot of JavaScript, which was amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that is really cool. That's really impressive. <laughs> yeah, so the intention is, most of the time, when, whenever you're writing a test, of course, you have the philosophical questions like, okay, what am I going to do with my environment? How do I start it with some state? And you have those things. What is it I'm going to test? That's like a big deal. But once you know what is it that you're doing, most of the time you just want to find something, do something with that web element or with that DOM element that is in, in the browser. And then you do your assertion. That's pretty much it. So you navigate to some URL, you click here, you click there, you set this value, this, you use something else, boom, assert. So I've seen people struggling and repeating this over and over and over again. So this uh, tool will allow you, well, allows you to write a test in a few minutes. If you do it right, it should be a good test, but then it's more like a, an approach you take to writing protractor tests, which is something really hard, I guess. It seems, though, that something like this could be used outside of Angular. Um, yeah, I guess protractor, it doesn't have to be an Angular application, uh, the stuff that you're testing, because the API is fantastic and it has this built-in mechanism to wait for uh, Angular to be ready to go to the next step. So you can use it with a non-Angular application. I have a have to change it a little bit and the protractor code base changed a little bit. So now they implemented frameworks and uh, I'll improve it in, in the next few weeks. But yeah, it doesn't have to be Angular specific. It can be whatever tool you decide to use. Hmm. Yep. That's really cool. So what about the name, the Elementor? I mean, this sounds kind of like He-Man's enemy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I wanted like a sticky name. So it was, okay, we have Protractor, we have Element Explorer, so why don't you put them together and boom, you have Elementor. Then I Googled it and I found like, it's like a character. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I'm not claiming any copyright on the name. <laughs> well, it's a pretty bad A name, that's for sure. Yeah, that's, that's how I came up with the name. So, again, how long ago did you start working on Elementor? It was like a, maybe like eight months ago, nine months ago. Wow, so you've really had quite a bit of time to work on this and see it in production use, right? It was a pull request that I had in the protractor code base, and I couldn't convince Julie to accept it. So we, we met every couple of weeks, <laughs> and I would ask her, like, okay, can you check this code? And it's like, after a few discussions, we decided it was not going to be part of protractor. So I made it its own NPM. 
And then a true spirit of open source. Oh, you don't want my pull? Well, watch this. <laughs> yeah, because we, we were already using it in my team. So people loved it. And uh, when I meet with the protractor team, I always tell them, listen, you build fantastic stuff, but you really don't know how it's like to write a test. Because, for example, Yuli uses Sublime. Sammy, who's the new team member, uses Beam. And Hank, I think he uses also Sublime. But they never write tests. They write their own tests for Protractor, and they have this fake website that doesn't have a backend. So they really don't know how it's like to interact with a real application. Sometimes you have to do something like a batch operation. It's going to update 100 entities. And then obviously it's going to take a couple of seconds or maybe more than a couple of seconds. So they don't know how it's like in the real world writing Protractor tests. So I'm, I'm curious. Is all the difference in your workflow just that, you know, you have this extra tool that you start up when you run things? So, you know, you do your Elementor, HTTPS, AngularJS.org or whatever. Yeah, it's like just start because as I told you before, usually when you're writing a test, it's not as easy as you go to AngularJS.org and then you add a to-do. It's never like that. It's never mm-hmm. like you go to a URL and you're already in the state that you want. So the philosophy is like you put the browser in the state that you need and then you start playing around until you have like a useful piece of test. Oh, okay. So that, that's my workflow. My workflow is I already know what I want to do. So usually I, I would say like I, I love TDD. Sometimes you can't do TDD because you don't understand what you're doing, especially with some parts of Angular. <laughs> so you say, okay. I'm going to just write the comments. So you have, a, I always have this philosophy. I'm always pushing people to give me a, a given when then structure. So given is like the precondition, when is the actions, and then then is the assertions that you want to do on your test. It may be a little bit more difficult when you're writing an integration test because it's not a very clean given when then for all of the scenarios. So imagine that you're adding a to-do, like given that you go to Angular website, when you enter this text and click on the add button, then ensure there's a new item. That would be like a very simple workflow. But sometimes, let's say you're doing something that will send an email and will change the state, and then you have to do like an expect somewhere to check that the status changed. Mm-hmm. It's not so clean. So I try to add comments before I write the test, and that's how I go. It's like, okay, I put Elementor in that state, I start finding the elements, and it's usually like a, after a couple of rounds, I, I have everything running. Now, one other thing that I'm seeing, it looks like the uh, URL for Elementor is optional. So if you run it without a URL, then does it just connect to the browser, headless or not, that Selenium starts up? Yeah, just it starts a browser, and you can do whatever you want with the browser. Okay. It may not work if you go to a non-Angular website. You have to say, browser.driver, which is the raw driver API that will not wait for Angular to be ready. Or you can just enter from the command line, browser ignore synchronization equals true. And that's how you test in a non-Angular website, which is very common when you're logging in. Usually people have an Angular application, but their login screen is not Angular. So that's one of the top questions whenever people are starting with Protractor. Yeah, that makes sense. So do you have to do anything to install the Elementor Chrome extension, or does it just... No, it just on its puts own? it inside the browser. So you're going to see it in the developer tools. Unfortunately, 
the way WebDriver communicates with the browser, it uses the developer tools. So if you have the, the console open, it will not work. So you have to clone the tab and do like some, put the two tabs in the same state, and then you can start testing from the developer tools. Or you can use, there's a pop-up in the corner that you can open and you can start banging commands and say, okay, it's gonna, if you say something like buy CSS and you say div, it will turn this into account expression. It will tell you, okay, there are like 20 divs here. So maybe it's not a good locator. But yeah, that's, that's the main idea. So you have a bunch of tools. So you can either do it from the browser, from the developer tools, from your IDE, whatever IDE that you use. Gotcha. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I've been pushing like uh, a lot of people to use it. Protractor. It's a fantastic tool. I think we have the largest Protractor code base. We have tons of tests. Uh, maybe we have like 170 or 180 tests and they run all the time. So the reason why I push people to use Protractor is because eventually you have to go to production and that going to production may be like every few days, every few hours, every month. But somebody has to test the application before you go into production, right? So I used to be a banker. So obviously you have to wait until the market closes. So that's like Friday, 6 p.m. That's when you can deploy. So I would stay whenever I had to, to manage the release. I would stay and run this script. It was like 200 steps. It was like it took hours and you were tired because it was the end of the week. So I've been always trying to automate this stuff because you have smart engineers and you also have lazy engineers like me. <laughs> and you they're not mutually those... exclusive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was going to say. They're pro- In fact, they're usually the same thing. I'm not very good at testing manually. So sometimes I just say, I'm going to skip this test because whatever. Either I don't understand what is done testing or it takes too long or nobody changed the code. So I'm going to trust that it's not broken. So sometimes you go to production because you say, okay, it's going to be okay. But nobody really tested it manually. And that's why we have like very good coverage with Protractor. Some scenarios are going to be hard to test. Obviously, there's no way to check if your CSS is wrong. So if your button is misaligned or the color is wrong or you don't see this, so that's very obvious when you see the application. So maybe you can automate a lot, let's say 80, 85%, but you still have to click around a little bit, a few minutes, but you go from an hour to maybe five minutes. And then if something breaks, you say, okay, let me check that scenario. Is it that the code changed, the locator changed, or is this feature really broken and we have to fix it before going to production? I really like it. I think it looks really just like an interesting extension. The only problem I have with it at this point, that just looking through everything, is that it doesn't connect to a real code editor. I mean, uh, Emacs. It uh, needs to connect to Emacs. <laughs> oh, gosh. You're okay. killing us, Jack. There's, <laughs> it, there's two people on this phone call that are rolling their eyes. <laughs> it should be relatively easy. Just yeah. send a an HTTP get. Yeah, it should and be. And then it will give you a JSON object. You parse it and you turn it into, bam. I don't know if you can show a pop-up on Emacs. No, you can open another uh, pane and show the information there. So, yeah, it, I don't think it'd be terribly difficult to build. But I, I had to sass you a little bit. I mean, you're supporting Sublime Text. And everybody knows Sublime Text is dead, so. <laughs> 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 it's great. 
but it doesn't you can't do refactoring. I don't know. Like WebStorm is fantastic. And once you know how to build plugins, I don't know. My inspiration is always uh, when I see Egghead IO, I see these plugins like uh, Ace Jump. I don't know if you have tried it or. Yeah, Ace Jump is cool. Yeah, John, John Linquist has uh, a few plugins. So he inspired me to build my own plugins. So I have a few ones. Well, there's one called DDescriber, which you can use for Jasmine tests. So you just hack your ID. If it doesn't work the way you want it to work, you just learn how to do it and good. And that's why I love uh, IntelliJ or WebStorm or whatever. Yeah. I'm a big fan of WebStorm too. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I do like WebStorm for a lot of things. Sometimes just having the GUI is, is fun. Anyway, let's see. Who else can I troll while we're at it? Uh, <laughs> you didn't troll Vim. You didn't troll Vim, Chuck. Come on. I said Emacs. That's all it takes. But anyway, so is there anything else that we should talk about with Elementor before we get to picks? I would say give it a try. Give me some feedback because I'm going to improve it over the next few weeks. I'm going to visit the Protractor team next month, and I want to make it awesome. <laughs> and that's... That means like having more interaction with your ID, making it more flexible. And I don't know, like to which point you can get maybe like integrating the debugger with Elementor, but I don't know. There are many ways to debugging. Not many people know how to do it. It's kind of overwhelming if you don't have WebStorm. <laughs> people do it from the command line, but yeah, that's, that's going to be my focus for the next month, I guess. Awesome. And you should try Protractor. Protractor is amazing. Sounds like fun. <laughs> All right, let's do us some picks. Joe, do you have some picks for us? At ng-conf, which this is not an announcement for ng-conf because by the time this comes out, ng-conf should be like in swing, right? Mm-hmm. But at ng-conf on Wednesday night, the night before, we are doing kind of a hack night. And one of the main events for that is an open spaces event. And I love open spaces. So open space is going to be my pick. An open space event is where you just have a small circle of chairs, 10 to 20 chairs, and you have a topic, and people show up and talk about that topic for, say, half an hour. And it doesn't matter if you are an expert, you can still show up and get to hear. And if you are an expert, you can show up and help other people. And I love open space conferences. So the ones that I've gone to, they've always started out at the beginning and had everybody go up and sign up for a topic to facilitate, even if they don't know anything about the topic, they just want to learn it. And they're just going to sit there and make sure that people talk about it. And they'll take, I mean, they might take notes on a little whiteboard or something. So you can always pick a topic that you're really interested in and not have to worry that there's going to be a talk about it. And then people show up and talk about that topic. And I just love it. So I really hope that our Open Spaces event at NGConf goes really well. And I really hope to expand on it next year. So that's going to be my pick is Open Space Conferences. All right. I'm going to throw a pick out there. I've been reading a book. It's called Miracles and Massacres. I know that in the U.S., depending on what your political leaning is, the author's a little bit controversial. It's Glenn Beck. But it's mostly just stories out of history. And it's really, really fascinating to listen to. So right now I'm listening to basically the history of Westinghouse and Thomas Edison. Uh, so Thomas Edison was pro- a proponent of DC electricity coming into our houses and stuff. And Westinghouse was putting in AC electricity. Anyway, so it's kind of the battle there. Uh, Nikola Tesla was working for Westinghouse at the time. And so, you know, it's basically kind of a Tesla versus Edison and all the political games that they were playing to try and win the market. 
And uh, so it's it's been really interesting to listen to, and I'm really curious to see what finally wins out for AC current, since that's what we actually use in our houses today. So anyway, and the other stories have been terrific too, just, you know, glimpses into the Revolutionary War and, you know, the times just past that. So Andres, what are your picks? Um, There's this website that has APIs for multiple projects. It's called devdocs.io. So you can check Node, you can check Angular. I don't know, there are dozens of projects. And it's like from a single place, you can see what functions are available and you can, it has a a left navigation menu and it has a search bar and you say, okay, I'm going to search across all of these projects. And let's say you're doing some nodes. Okay. I want to explore HTTP. You just start typing. We'll do a filter and then boom, it's there. So instead of Googling, because I don't know, the nodes documentation is not as good as it should be. This tool is, is just amazing. And it's for multiple projects. Awesome. All right. Well, if people want to get in touch with you or find out more about Elementor, uh, what should they do? On GitHub or maybe Twitter is Andres, D-O-M, or I don't know, Google Plus, wherever you can find me. <laughs> LinkedIn. Just Google me. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Well, thanks for coming. And thank you for having me. Yeah, it was awesome. Great conversation. All right, we will uh, wrap up the show. We'll catch you all next week. This episode is sponsored by Mad Glory. You've been building software for a long time, and sometimes it gets a little overwhelming. Work piles up, hiring sucks, and it's hard to get projects out the door. Check out Mad Glory. They're a small shop with experience shipping big products. They're smart, dedicated, will augment your team, and work as hard as you do. Find them online at madglory.com or on Twitter at madglory. Hosting and bandwidth provided by the Blue Box Group. Check them out at bluebox.net. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more. Do you want to have conversations with the Adventures in Angular crew and their guests? Do you want to support the show? Now you can. Go to adventuresinangular.com slash forum and sign up today. 